Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. So great to see you, all of you watching online, all of you that are here, blessings on you. It's awesome to be able to worship the Lord together. And uh, the news is starting next week, or not next week, oh, the following week, there's no more restrictions, so that's going to be pretty cool, right? Hey, awesome. So can you stand and we'll present ourselves before the Lord as we go to his word this morning? Yes, Father, you are amazing, and we're, we turn our hearts to you. And we give you glory and honor and majesty. We worship you from our hearts uh, this morning, Father. We take pleasure in you, and we thank you for you taking pleasure for, over us. And we are so blessed by your love, Abba. And what we want is to see you more in our lives. What we want is to see you increase in us. What we want is to see you intervene in our lives. So, Father, we just put ourselves. Before you, we just ask you to come and have your way in us. Come and speak to our hearts. Come and reveal what we need to hear. And and again, we thank you that your word doesn't come with condemnation, but your word is there to build us up, and that's what we want. So have your way in this place, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. You may be seated. So we've been in this topic of faith. We call it simple faith because faith is not complicated. But one of the things that we need to take a hold of is that there's a need for us to walk in faith. Like uh, God has gave us um, gray matter and it's important for us to use our brain, right? And sometimes we're called to use it more and sometimes we'd like to see people around us use it more, but we're called to use our brain. But when it comes to our faith, and this is where we can't be a people of faith with our brain, we can be only a people of faith with our faith, right? Because it's not about knowledge, it's about believing. And when God, when we look at Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says God created the world. He doesn't justify himself, he just says it. It's for me and you to believe it or not. But when it comes to our walk, when it comes to our journey, I really believe it's important for us to take a hold of faith. And, and as I was preparing uh, before the series, uh, I was, what, what was in my heart is that there's a need for us to trust God more, rely on Him. It's so easy to rely on our own intellect. It's so easy for us to try to understand, map things out, and, and to come to a point where we have it all under control or, or, or it's, we, we get it. But when it comes to faith, there's more than just getting it. It's a question, like I said, of trust, relying on him. And it's important for us to not to live life uh, or to journey as believers without being um, deep or without have, being anchored in faith. And, and so what I'd like to talk about this morning, I'll focus on faith and generosity where um, I believe that our faith can grow when we embrace generosity. But before that, I just want to lay a, a foundation when it comes to, to faith. When we look at the Bible and we look at the stories and um, 
when we look at grow, for example, that we have in the first and third service, and there's one of the focuses to teach our kids uh, stories or the Bible, and we, we learn to discover who God is through stories, and we also learn to discover who we are through the stories because the Bible is very transparent when it comes to the mistake of humanity and also the success is very transparent. But when we look at, at, at scriptures, we see faith all over. And, uh, and you look at biblical characters that you find in the Bible, you, you see the place of faith. You, you look at Abraham that left uh, Ur, and he went into the promised land, and he left everything he knew. you, you got to realize that Abraham was a huge former, let's say. He had a huge, a, a huge uh, I was going to say not racket, because that wouldn't be the right word. He had a huge outfit. Then I have the right word. He, has, he had a huge outfit, outfit, and he had a lot of stuff, and servants, and he, and he was a prosperous man. And God told him, hey, Abraham, I want you to leave everything. I want, to let, I want you to leave what you find comfortable, and I want you to go to a new land, and I will lead you. He doesn't even give him all the detail. I will lead you, and I will lead you to the promised land. When we read the Bible, we say, oh, that's pretty cool, but think about Think about what he did. He left everything behind. He left what, is, what was comfortable, and he went uh, with his uh, father-in-law and with his servants, and he went to a new land. You call that faith, right? You, you look at Noah. He was asked by God to build a boat where there was no river and had never rained before. Ha, right? And it took him 100 years to build that boat. You call that faith, right? And he was mocked, ridiculed, for sure, because who builds a boat when, you didn't, when there's no river and there's no rain, right? And he was faithful in doing what God was had called him to do. For sure, he uses wisdom and knowledge to build the boat. Even how do you get the animals in the boat? Where are the animals going to come from? He didn't have a clue. And he responded in faith. You look at biblical stories, there's such a, this element of faith in, in their lives. And I, I think about Elisha and this widow. This widow had lost her husband. And she was in debt, and her husband was a priest. And, and what happened is the creditors were coming, and they were going to get her, her boys as slaves. And so she went to the prophet. It's like going to God. She went to the prophet and said, my husband was faithful, and these guys are coming to get my boys. What can I do? And the prophet gave her this answer. What do you have in your house? Well, I have a bit of oil. So go and gather all these vases, all the vases that you can. Go see your neighbor, get the vases, and come, and, and, and we'll put this into a room. And that's what they did. They went into the room, they put all the vases there, and they started to put oil. And the Bible says that earth ran out of vessels before heaven ran out of oil. What a story, right? It came to a point where there was no more vase, and the, the oil stopped. You, you look at this story, and you see you see faith. You see dependence on God, reliance on God, trusting God. It's so important for us to take a hold of this truth. We're called to trust God. We're not called to rely on our abilities and rely on our, own, our capacity. We're called to rely on God. But God may raise our capacity and God may give wisdom for us to do what we're called to do. But what we find is in God. It's through faith. I look at Gideon, that's one of the funniest stories. Gideon is at war with the Midianites. And, and, and there you have his army. He calls for help, 
and there's 32,000 men that come forward to, for battle. But God says there's too many. Like, because if, if I let you go to war with these men and you win, you'll think it's because of you. So I want to show you that I'm with you. So what happened is he, um, Gideon says to his army, if, you, if you're afraid of battling or if you don't want to go to war, you can go home. Well, he lost 22,000 men. Boom, one shot. A little discouraging, right? When you think about the enemy, how are we going to do this? But God said, hey, you still have too many soldiers. So, uh, so when they came to drink at, at, uh, at, the, at the spring, uh, God said to Gideon, those that bring water to their mouth, keep them. And those that come and, and lick like a dog, uh, like that puts their face in the water, they send them home. So you would think it would be 50-50, right? But it wasn't. There's only 300 men that brought water to uh, their mouth. And they were the only, this is the army that God wanted to use to fight their enemy. 300 men. And, and they went with jugs, <laughs> and with, uh, with a, tr a trumpet, and with a flame, or with a torch. And that was it. You, you look at this and you say, what was God trying to say? What was the message he's trying to tell us in this? Is that when it comes to our walk, we're called to walk in faith. We're called to believe in God, trust in him. The problem is that we deal with independence. We, we have a tendency to be like the Israelites where God was their king. And they said, we don't need a king. We don't need you as a king. We'll get our own king. And so they wanted to be like the other nations. So they wanted to have a king where they, where they could uh, map things out, where they could make it happen, control, and all that. And God said, I wanted to be your king. But you chose not me as your king, so he gave them a king. And we know it didn't go well when that happened. And the challenge that we all face is independence. We have a tendency of being independent. We think we can do it on our own. But when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to be a Christian, we need to take the step of faith. I look at the next generation, wherever you are, in this place, or if you're watching online, you got to realize that Christianity is not something that you map out in your mind. It's not something that you do by yourself. It's a question of faith. I'm going to tell you this, that if you step out in faith, God's going to honor your faith. And then you get to step even more in faith because you'll see God intervene. And this is why faith grows. It's like a muscle. The more you trust God, the more you see God intervene, and the more you trust him. And so we want to grow in faith. We want to take a hold of what God has in store. So faith is tremendous. It's so important when it comes to, to, to life. We're called to rely on him. We're called to come to him, to inquire of him. We're called to wait for him. We're even called to prophesy where we thank God in advance for what he's going to do. God, I thank you for tomorrow. I thank you for next year. I thank you. You, you thank him in advance because you know that God's going to be with you tomorrow and he's going to be with you uh, next week even though things might not be perfect around you because we're not called to walk by sight, right? We're called to walk by faith. It's a huge topic. And in the Western world, in our churches, we have a problem to walk by faith. And so when it comes to entering and all that God has in store, faith is necessary. Faith causes me to act and do something to step out. Faith causes me to do something, to step out. And that's what you find in uh, James chapter 2, verse 14. Faith is attached to an action. Faith is translated by an action. Um, you, can't, you can't have faith and do nothing. 
You can't have faith and do nothing. I, I remember first time I preached, can't remember if I was 18 and 19. I think it was my, uh, uh, like in my late 18s. And I was asked by my pastor to preach. So I was a young pup. I, I was so nervous. You know, I, when I remember, it was in a lion club hall. And I was competing against the rads that were very noisy. And I was dealing with the smell of the alcohol the night before because they had a party on Saturday night. And so you're there with a small crowd. And you're 18. I couldn't read my notes because I was too nervous. My knees were hitting each other. Uh, I was like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And I remember I preached on Joshua chapter 1, being strong in the Lord. And uh, I, I remember before that, before I went on the stage, I, I remember being on the second level to pray. My brother-in-law was with me and we were praying. And I, said, I, I was saying, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do what you call me to do. And I didn't feel at all to that level that I should. First of all, I was very timid, very shy. I never did anything publicly. I, I wanted to be an expert forester. I wanted to work in the bush alone because I'm not really a, a people person, right? I'm introverted. And so, so there, God asked me to go on the state behind a little pulpit and preach to a handful of people at 18 years old. And, and I, I remember this, like it was, it was not, like I couldn't do it. But at that time, even though I didn't understand the principle of faith, there was this, this desire to obey and the desire to respond to God's call. And I saw in this journey how God is faithful. When you choose to walk on water, when, like the same story as Peter, when he was asked to walk on water, who would do that, right? But based on God's leading, because faith is attached to God's word. So when God speaks to you, when God gives you a rhema, when you go to his word and you say, you know, I want to live a life of honor, I want to honor you, God, you do this and you honor God, God's going to honor you, you see? When you step out in faith and you step out in your calling, God's going to honor you. And so faith is so important, but faith is activated by actions. If you say, I have faith, and you don't do nothing, then you don't have faith. Because faith brings you to an action, okay? And that's what you find in James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is, is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith and has no deeds, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and, and daily food. If one of you say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm, well fed, but does nothing about his physical deed, need, sorry, what good is it? Verse 17, in the same way faith by itself, it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. Verse 18, if someone will say, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds, and James says, show me your faith without your deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. So faith is shown by what we do. You believe there's one, there, there's one God? Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. So sometimes we stay at verse 19, now we believe in God. But faith is activated by obedience. You obey God, you step out, and God intervenes. And that's the way we should function, is we see what God is asking of us. Like I said a while ago, you walk in godliness, you don't want to feel, you, you don't feel like walking in godly, godliness, and the people that you're called to show godliness to, they don't deserve it. But you still do it in faith, 
Because you know that God is asking you to do it, so you do it in in faith. God honors faith. There's one thing that we see that God honors so much is faith. Wow. When you dare come out of your comfort zone, you take a risk and you do what he wants you to do, he's going to support you through it. He's going to carry through it, carry through it. And you'll see God's intervention in your life. So when I look at James chapter 2, I don't want to be caught in a place where I think I have faith, but I don't because it's not showing. It's, it's not lived out. There's not a step that is taken. So the reality is, like it says in the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can chew on that just for a moment, right? It's impossible to please God without faith. What does that mean? Faith is trusting in God. It's to rely on him. It's to expect from him. It's beyond my own abilities and what I can make, uh, what I can accomplish on my own. So it's impossible to please God without faith. So there's a need for us to have faith. Look at where you are in your life. Look at the situation that you're dealing with. Are you approaching it with faith? Are you approaching it with expecting from God? Trusting God, turning to Him, relying on Him, or are you doing it on your own, trying to find a way, trying on your own to put all the dots together, making it happen on your own? Well, you can make it happen on your own to some degree, but if you ask God to step in, He'll show you exactly what to do, and it might not be according to what you would want at first, but it's going to turn out way better than than you could ever, ever imagine. I look at the last journey, the last two years, and I've talked about that earlier in one of the sermons that I preached earlier. Um, When it comes to prayer, and I know many of you, you did the same thing. In the last two years, I've never prayed like this in my life. And one of the things I do see, I do acknowledge now, even more like after all this, I saw how God intervened and how God answered Like I said last Sunday, there's so many encounters I had with God the last two years. Even though it was rough, it was at the same time amazing. So God honors prayer. God honors prayer. But God also honors godliness. And also God honors generosity. I'd like to tap into that a bit. If you have your Bible, take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gift. You see, God honored his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he he still speaks to us by his example of faith. You know, like I said, giving and faith, they go together. It's to rely on God. Abel is not listed in this hall, hall of fa- fame because of what he gave, but because of how he gave. There's no question of amount. It's how he gave. He gave in faith. He gave relying on who God is and trust in God. So he didn't look at what he had. He responded to the call that God has placed in his life, trusting that God would intervene. He gave out a revelation he gave out of, of obedience and not out of reason. When you, when you give out of, of reason or when you give out of, uh, of your intellect, what you do is you, you calculate what you have. Okay, I got this. Oh, then you say, oh, then I can give this. But when you give out a revelation, you say, God, what do you want me to do? What is your word saying? I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to rely on you. I will trust in you. So I will obey to what you're asking of me. And if you are a young adult or a teenager, have this principle early in life to put God first in your finances. Do it out of honor to God. Say, God, I trust you in this. I trust you in my finances. I I put you first in my finances, meaning that you are choosing to rely on God and not to rely on your own abilities. I think it's the later you store it in life, the harder it is. The earlier you store that in life, the easiest it is. So it's to give out a revelation and not give out a reason to say, God, I will obey to what you say, and I will trust that you will carry me through. Giving is a test of my faith. Do I really trust God to provide for me when I put him first in my life? Do I, do I trust God to put it, do I put God, am I willing to put God first in my life and to trust him with my life? It's so, it's so important. It's way more than finances. It's how we do life. Do I trust God with my life? Look at tomorrow. Look at next year. Like, we say, oh, there might be another variant. People are saying, I don't have a clue. I look what's happening in Ukraine, how scary it is. And, and on Tuesday, we'll be praying for Ukraine. So if you want to come and pray, we'll pray for Ukraine. We don't know what's ahead. We know one thing is that Jesus rules and Jesus is coming back. And that's where our faith is focused on. But, but we need to embrace faith. Because if you don't embrace faith, what happens is you take matter in your own hands. If you don't, if you don't have faith, what are you going to do? You're going to panic. You're going to be controlled by fear. But we are a people of faith because we know that God is in the boat. Can you say to your neighbor that God is in your boat? God is in your boat. He's in my boat. So I need to live like he's in your boat. Let's say, for example, for a moment that you go fishing and there's a storm coming. And Jesus is in your boat. You think that you might act differently if he would not be in your boat than he would be in your boat? Yeah, right? You would say, hey, Jesus is in the boat, so it should be fine. Well, it's the same thing with you and me. He's in my boat. And I need to rely on him. So this is why I obey. I obey. I respond to his call because he's with me. You see, sometimes, like I said, we live independent of him and we miss out on what God has. For us. And we see this example in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. What was happening is that the people were giving their leftovers to God. They were giving their lame and their sick animals to God. And God gets their attention. And he says in verse 10 of chapter 3, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that, the, that, they may, uh, that there may be food in my house. Look what he says after. Test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. And and, and here it says, test me in this. And, And so what he's saying to the people, rely on me. What's happening is you're relying on yourself and you're giving me the crumbs. You're not putting me first and you're missing out on me and my intervention in your life. And that's what he says here. I'll bless you. I'll care for you. Uh, uh, Your crop will be kept safe. Your vines will do well because you're trusting me. You're relying on me. You're not doing it on your own. And, and, And so it's so important for us to grow in faith in the aspect of giving. God will respond to your faith. And I shared that a moment ago. God will respond to your prayers, but he will respond to your faith and godliness. So 
So what we're called to do is it's to respond, to obey, and believe that God will honor. And, and I like what it says in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, 37, based on God honoring generosity. Look what it says. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. So that's not really fun, right, when you think about that. So we want to be careful when it comes to judging others and also putting condemnation. It says after, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Look what it says in verse 38. Give and, it will, and you will receive. You'll, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured onto your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount, the amount you get back. Here, I think it focuses on equal sacrifice. It's not the amount itself, but equal sacrifice when it comes to what God is asking you to give. But you see, in this verse, it talks about pressed down, shaken together, making room for more, running over, poured onto your lap. It really talks about God blessing you over and beyond. And, and, and when you look at this, God responds to our faith. So when you step out in faith, he's going to carry you and he's going to bless you. It's the same thought that you find in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. How do you give? By obedience and in faith. So that's what we want to do. We want to walk this way. You look at Revelation chapter 22, at the end of the book, it says, Behold, I'm coming soon, bring my recompense, my reward with me, to repay each one for what he has done. And so, so there's, there's that need, right? That need to trust God and rely on God and to say, God, I, I trust in you. Like when it comes to tithing, you might be giving your tithe, and fantastic, be blessed for that. But it doesn't stop there. Like, some people will say tithing is a principle of the Old Testament. I, I think that the principle of generosity is through, it's through the Bible from, generation, uh, from Genesis to Revelation. But when it comes to generosity, it doesn't stop. It shouldn't stop. It, should be, it shouldn't be capped. It shouldn't be, well, I give my 10% and then, wow, I, I don't have to hear a message on generosity because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's way more than that. It's to live a life of trust where you trust God, where you respond to him, where you say, God, everything is yours, and here I am. Use me for your glory. And I trust that you will provide as I obey. I trust that you will provide as, as I obey. And that's the principle that God wants us to live by. Like, by putting God first in your finances, this is how you honor God. You honor God. There's different ways to honor God, right? You can honor God by your praise and worship. That's what we did earlier. We honor God. We worship God. We honor him. Also, we honor God by honoring our parents. So we bless our parents. We, we were there for them. Uh, I wish my parents would be here to honor them. If your parents are alive, honor them. And I believe that honors God. I also believe that I'm called to honor God by honoring the temple, my body. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Run from sexual sin, for God brought you, bought you sorry, with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Like, it says he bought you with a high price. 
So what do you do? You honor God with your body. It's not about laws, you see? It's not about regulations. It's you got to do this and you got to do that. It's about honor. Like, we lost honor in our society. Mixed years, we've lost honor. And what happened is religion came in, and religion is forcing you to do stuff. But when you realize what God has done for you and how he's blessed you, you respond out of honor. And when it comes to generosity, it's about honoring God. It's about blessing God and, 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 and doing what he does because we follow his example and we find God being generous in scripture. So giving is honoring God. My last point here uh, this morning, I can honor God with my resources. I'm going to give a swing to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. You've read this before, and, and it's a common, common two verses that talks about generosity. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. It's fine, okay? That's good. And we like verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with, with wine. How many of you, you like verse 10? We love verse 10, right? We love to see prosperity and blessing. But really the verse is not talking about that. He's talking about honor. It's to put him first, to honor him. Even if the barns are not filled, you live a life of honor. So when it comes to generosity, when it comes to putting God first, it's not a question of law. It's not a question of of Getting, uh, giving to receive. It's a question of honor. You see, you're putting God first, you honor him. That's why we walk in holiness, because of honor. This is why we praise and worship, because we honor God. Actually, all life is about honor. Honoring him, giving him glory and praise, and we're, we're called to live a life of honor. But for me and you, and that's the heart of what I wanted to say this morning. For me and you to live a life of honor, it needs faith. You cannot live a life of honor without faith. You gotta trust God. You gotta rely on him. But imagine if all of us this morning, if I can have your attention, we would step out in faith and trust God and do what we're called to do, to walk in generosity, to walk in godliness, and, and, and to walk with the fear of the Lord where we, uh, we honor God in our, in our bodies and we would live this life of honor, where would we be in five years from now? It would be unreal. So it's important for us to realize that we need to have faith. And the faith that we are called to have, it's with the desire and the purpose of giving him honor. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.